All right, we're here with Eric Kane, Paul Quest, Locked On Balls. How's it going, brother? Man, uh, again, I'm refreshed. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm coming in for the last little section of the week, but no, it's uh, it's good to be here and see all you guys again. Yeah, and we've had people, Tennessee fans, of course, excited for today, and many have said you got to get Eric Kane on. So I'm glad you stopped <laughs> by, and I'm sure everybody's asking about the NCAA penalties. They got it right, didn't they? Come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. Even Lane Kiffin said that. Did you hear him in there? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 really fortunate, too, because a couple years ago, of course, they changed the you know, the NCAA committee. Essentially said, hey, we don't want to punish kids who weren't here who broke the rules, essentially. Yeah. And, I mean, 18-1 level violations, that should have been a year or two postseason ban, right? Right. But because they had that amendment and because Tennessee was so, you know, active in you know, cleaning house and – you know, literally paying $2.3 million for the investigation and then saying, hey, NCAA, here you go. Hey, oh, also this, this too, you know. Um, I think that all helped Tennessee out. But I think last Friday it was really good. Tennessee got the news that it wanted no bowl ban. I think they were prepared to, to go and fight, you know, go, right. go, go to court if, if a bowl ban came down. But, you know, $8 million fine, 28 scholarships. You've already done 18, you know, lack of you know, official visits and all that. Uh, of course, the show causes. But I – I think Tennessee can finally just move on, and yeah. uh, you know, in terms of recruiting, this should you know officially say, okay, you know, if I'm a high school recruit right now, I'm mean, a sophomore, and I'm thinking, well, if I were to go to Tennessee, could I play for a college football national championship? The answer is absolutely, yeah. you can now, and that's going to be huge for high. Let me ask you: We had Mike Griffith on the other day, and he said they went too hard on Jeremy Pruitt. Do you think they went too hard on him? No. <laughs> I mean, I say this. I mean, I, I've got no issue with Jeremy Pruitt. We didn't have many interactions, but every time we did, I mean, he stand-up guy, you know, when I was with him. But, I mean, you're seeing some of the stuff and these reports, and you, re you read those documents, and, you know, the Knox News and Knoxville's done a, a fantastic job kind of uncovering all that, going through emails and text messages, and you're like, I mean, yeah, you're breaking the rules, but you're being really bad at it too. So, in <laughs> the, the depths you go, and, and a lot of this was, you know, kind of, kind of pinning all this on young guys and yeah. you know young assistants and you know recruiting staffers who if you speak up you're fired most likely and it's yeah. just it's, it's just kind of a sad situation in that regard so in my opinion um no uh, maybe you could have retroactive the show cause because it's been out of coaching for two and a half years yeah. but uh, six year show cause i'd say that's about fair and i think you hit on the most important aspect of this whole thing because tennessee they're already in the fast lane, so to speak. Yeah. This has the opportunity. It, it is going to give them even more momentum. They just landed a five-star. You think that's, you know, that has to be in part because there's no no postseason ban. And like you said, they can play for a championship now. Yeah, potentially. You know, Tennessee's been right there with Mike Matthews for a while now. And I think that's um, you know, it's credit to, to Josh Heupel and Kelsey Pope, the wide receivers coach. Um, you know, he's such an unbelievable talent can really go up and go up in the air and hang, just hang there and, and, and you know, come down with the ball and win, you know, contested catches and 50-50 balls and yeah. really nice guy off the field as well. But, I mean, we're talking about a top 32 player in the country. Yeah. Number three player out of Georgia, number four at his position. Um, Tennessee got a good one. And, and it's weird because you thought that these type of recruiting wins – we're going to come last year, you know, when yeah. they got Nico. <laughs> but, really, those kind of came on the defensive side of the football. But uh, really nice receiver. Um, you know, guy I work with, Matt Ray. I'm sure you guys are yep. familiar with his work. He, You know, he said, hey, he said it the entire time, not just yesterday, but the entire time he said, hey, in my opinion, you know, from a valuation standpoint, I think he's one of the most talented guys in this class maybe. Wow. So, a uh, wow. huge win, huge win for Tennessee. And it keeps the ball rolling. You got the news you wanted on Friday. Get a five-star this week. We'll see what happens with Evan Spillman on Friday. And yeah. uh, who knows, maybe this will be a top-ten class. 
Well, I think it's funny, Eric, that so many people are saying, well, yeah, but they got to replace Jalen Hyatt. Cedric Tillman. Well, this time last year, we were sitting around saying, would Jalen Hyatt ever live up to the potential? Yeah. And I'm not asking you if there's another Bolitnikoff winner, because that's such a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. But who's the breakout receiver on this team? Because they got a couple options here. They do. Um, could you call Brew McCoy breakout? I mean, he had a solid year last year. Right, he was right. second on the team in receptions. But I, I guess how I'll phrase this, you know, in 2021, it was Tillman. 2022 it was Hyatt's. You know, I think this is going to be Brew McCoy's year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, really solid. I think they forgot about him. Sometimes last year, <laughs> when, when you have Tillman healthy in the lineup, you have a Hyatt, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I, w- I would say uh, Brew McCoy, just really solid overall. You can see why he was a five star coming out of high school. Um, you look at Dante Thornton, who I think is going to be a stud. Yeah. Long, explosive, coming out of the slot as well. Which there's versatility. He can go to the outside as well too, but. Uh, coming over from Oregon, where he was just starting to figure it out there late in that 2022 season, he was already going to go to the portal. And I, I just think the sky's the limit for him in this offense. So I think Brew McCoy is going to be the headliner, but I think Dante Thornton's going to have a really solid season for Tennessee. And do you think Ramel Keaton arguably could be the most underrated player on this team? I know Maybe. You yeah. and I have talked about it. Probably the biggest catch of last season against Florida was Ramel Keaton. And it's a guy that, you know, you, you just forget about yeah. and you count out. And he came in and, like, you know, when Tillman went down with the injury and, you know, Ramel Keaton rolled in, I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll finish out this Akron game, but, you know, what, what's the plan for next week? Yeah. And there was 80 again. There was 80 again. He's making catch, catch, big catch after. You know, even in that Alabama game, um, right before the kick, you know, Brew McCoy had the had mm-hmm. the second big catch, but Ramel Keaton went up, caught a first down catch, got pelted, held on to the football. Uh, those big boy catches. Um yeah, I think he's arguably the most underrated player on the team, uh, one of the most underrated receivers in the SEC, a guy that, again, I thought was going to leave a couple of times and just stayed with it. So yeah. it's a great story. Uh, again, he's a name I don't even bring up in this conversation, but he's going to be – he's earned the right. He's going to be a starting wide receiver in this offense. And so uh, excited to see him go to work. Happy for him too as well. I mean, you're talking to a guy who opted out in 2020, but, again, came back, stayed the course, and look at him now. You know, I think one of the biggest question marks we have is that offensive line. Yeah. Uh, a lot of new faces coming in. How? I mean, you're you're in there. You're seeing it. What? How's this? How's that front five shaping up right now? It's arguably one of the biggest questions. I mean, Joe Milton's a huge question, of course. The secondary and then offensive line. You bring back a couple guys who've got tons of playing experience: Javante Spragans, Cooper Mays, uh, Tennessee's left tackles last year. I say tackles because two guys split that position, almost even split in terms of snaps, and Gerald Mincy and JJ Crawford. But you bring in John Campbell, who's uh, you know started 11 games at left tackle uh, for Miami last year. He's going to play on the left side. You're going to take those two I just mentioned. They're going to go to the right side. One of those guys, probably Gerald Mincy, will win that job. Um, you got to find a left guard, and that's a huge question mark right now. You've got a, a reserve in Ollie Lane who's played a lot for Tennessee but has never been a starter. He's probably the front runner to win that job right now. You have a rising sophomore in Addison Nichols, a highly rated four-star prospect last cycle. Um, he's going to compete with him. You have Andre Kirik transfer from Texas coming over as well. So a big question at left guard, got to find a right tackle. Um, but I think in this offense that uh, you don't need, uh, you know, road graders essentially. Yeah. You can, and I don't mean you can get by with weak offensive linemen, but you can mask a lot of this play because of the tempo and because even in the run game you're so spread out, you open up a lot of vertical run lanes there. And so yeah. uh, it's a question, but I'm going to have faith in Heupel's offense that it's going to be where it needs to be. <laughs> How big of a step do you think the defense takes? Because everyone we talk to here about Tennessee, they you know they laud Heupel, and everyone knows Joe Milton. You know we'll we'll see what we get out of him, but 
a lot of people look at him as how high he plays, as how high Tennessee will go. But they yep. all, all of them, Shane, they say, well, t- the defense is awful or it sucks and it's going to hold them back. And I don't think that's the case. I think they got emerging talent at pass rusher. They're stout against the run. And, yes, I mean, everybody thinks of South Carolina, but they have talent in the backfield. They just added a trio of elite corners. Mm-hmm. What do you, what's your expectation for the defense this year? I have been beating this drum <laughs> all offseason. Again, my listeners are locked on balls are tired of hearing it because I say it all the time. The South Carolina game happened. You can't erase it. It was it was awful. Yeah. But Tennessee's defense took so many steps in the right direction last year. Uh, you mentioned great against the run, second in the SEC. Granted, the past defense is horrible, so it kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, much better on third downs. Much better in red zone opportunities, forcing field goals instead of, instead of points. Uh, increases takeaway totals. Um, was on par with the TFL and sack numbers from the year before, which is one of the best in, in program history in year one for Josh Heupel. So it took steps in the right direction. Yeah. Where it's got to continue to take steps is, I mean, you got, you got to get better in the secondary. No offense, buts about it. And what will help with that is a consistent pass rush. You know, rushing with four, not having to blitz a linebacker or blitz somebody from the secondary. Um, you know, that's a big question for Tennessee. But you bring back virtually everybody except Trayvon Flowers. You add Gabe Judy Lolly from BYU, who was at Vanderbilt. You add, you know, Ricky Gibson at cornerback, Jordan Matthews, Christian Conyers. So there's a whole lot of guys there. I think the biggest difference in the secondary this year is you're going to see, um, you know, for Tennessee's perspective, those same secondary guys might be out there starting game one, but the second one of them gets beat, send in somebody else. Could you have faith that you, you have a bench, whereas the first two years you didn't? So – um, that's what I'm looking for. You know, linebacker, they're going to be super deep. I think up front they're super deep. So I think Tennessee's defense is going to take a step in the right direction. I do. And pick up where they were last year where they took a step in the right direction. It was not nearly as bad as what everybody yeah. wants to make it out to be. Everybody just remembers South Carolina and, you know, deservingly so. That was, that was pretty bad. Well, I, I will talk schedule here. I mean, uh, we got a very confident Joe Milk come out here. Say he's never <laughs> lost in, in Florida, you yeah. know. So, uh Going to that Gator game, that's one that's just, as a Vol fan, has scarred us for many, many years. And and everybody's out here shitting on the Florida Gators. (laughs) They're no good. They ain't got to worry about them. But us diehard Vol fans have still got to Better watch out. Better watch out. What are you you expecting in that game? Uh, Because, again, it was a very physical game last year. But it was was a – it was a Hooker-Richardson matchup. Biggest difference yeah. is you don't have number four overall pick that, you know, that showed why he was the number four overall yeah. pick against Tennessee's yeah. defense. Um, yeah, Florida's down this year. I, I think if you're going to judge Billy Napier this year, it better not be on wins, in yeah. my opinion, because he's recruiting well. I think he's a good coach, but it's going to be tough this year, especially with you know starting at Utah and, uh, of course, some other games on that schedule. But to your point, yeah, I mean, Tennessee hadn't won since 03 in the yeah. Swamp. Um, two wins since 04. It, and there's been a lot of teams that Tennessee was better than yeah. Florida, but Florida always finds a way to win. So, again, that's the tone setter, in my opinion, yeah. for this team. I mean, it's week three. Um, you know, Virginia's not that good, and I don't think Tennessee will be very good week one. I think Tennessee needs to be better in week two, and then obviously setting up for week three here with uh, with Florida. So what an environment uh, early in the season. I, I, I think that that game is really going to set the tone for the season. But um, – I mean, I'm going to pick Tennessee to win. There's, there should be no reason Tennessee shouldn't win that game. Right. But you better, if you're a Tennessee fan. Not how many touchdowns, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think it'll be close for sure because those games always are. And about Joe Milton, like he's from Orlando. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, he's uh, – I think he won a state championship. Of course, he won the, the Orange Bowl last year. 
I think that's kind of where he was saying with that. But, of course, it was some gray bullets and more material. So we'll see. But that Florida game is going to be huge. Which game do you think is most likely to be a win this season? At Alabama or Georgia at home? And before you even answer that, I mean, how wild that you're not sitting there cracking up. Because I asked you that a year ago, two years ago. I, I mean, it's like, get the hell out of here. What are you smoking? But, I mean, that, that's a legitimate question after yeah. winning 11 games, Orange Bowl. I realize those are formidable games, but you got to have confidence that Tennessee can, bare minimum, compete with those teams. It's tough because so much of um, this answer is going to dictate on quarterback play, really for all three teams when you think about yeah. it. Um, I think Alabama is going to revert back to having a game manager to where they're going to play elite defense, run the football well, still win a whole lot of games. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you don't have a Tua Tung of low. You don't have a Mac Jones, a, a Bryce Young, right? Um, can Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner, I don't think it's going to be Jalen Milrow, can they be good enough to win you the big games? You know, we'll find out. Uh, Carson Beck, who I believe is going to win the job, I think from a talent perspective, man, he's he's pretty yeah. solid, right? And, of course, there's still a whole lot of toys there to play with at Georgia. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this. I will probably, with respect, because, again, I'm not saying Alabama sucks now. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. saying it. He's oh, saying yeah. it. I'll say go on the road. We're yeah. definitely high-fiving after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say going on the road beating Alabama. Um, doesn't mean Tennessee can't beat Georgia at home, but uh, Georgia's a solid top to bottom. Um, you know, that defense is going to be good again. It's got one of the best running games in all the SEC. they got a lot of toys in the receiver room. Um, and I think, again, from a talent perspective, I think you know Beck's pretty pretty solid. So yeah. I'll say on the road in Tuscaloosa, and, again, that's just crazy to even say right now. I, I got one. Uh, you know, South Carolina clearly was a landmine for uh-huh. us last year. Is there, other than Florida, Alabama, Real quick, Georgia. go answer. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry no, to no. cut you off. Hey, you answered that question. What would you say, on the road at Alabama or at home against Georgia? Alabama. Uh-huh. Alabama, yeah. We've done it. I, I think that helps with a lot of people that's on there. Uh, Georgia mm-hmm. is kind of – they kind of getting that that you know. Remember growing up, it's like that Alabama. Remember we uh, Butch Jones said it's the red team or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, trying yeah. to get that logo out. I, I think <laughs> that's flip flop now. I think Georgia is that is that logo that, yeah. that that's in their heads a little bit because they went down there and say what you want. It was a close game score wise, but it wasn't a close game. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people are back on that roster this year thinking about it. So no, yeah. I'm going to Alabama. But I just want to ask you, Landmine, is there a game out there that people aren't talking about on this schedule, like a South Carolina last year, that if Tennessee doesn't come to play, they they may lose? Yeah, sorry to cut you off no, completely no. there. <laughs> um, man, there's a couple. Like, no, we can literally talk about beating Bama <laughs> all day long. <laughs> you know, there's a couple. Um, you know, that South Carolina game at Neyland Stadium is going to be big this year. Yeah. Um, you, have the, you have the off week and then uh, A&M, you know, coming to Neyland Stadium mm-hmm. right there in week five or six. Again, A&M could be world beaters yeah. at that point, or they could be just a complete disaster. Uh, is is Jimbo Fisher allowing Bobby Petrino to call plays, and is he admitting it to the uh, to the media? I, I don't know. He didn't do that the other day, uh, but I think those are two potentially. I mean, that Kentucky game is going to be solid. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, upgraded tremendously at quarterback. They've got some great receivers. If they can figure out the offensive line where they lost a lot, um, you know, I think they could be pretty dangerous. And of course, that game's at home, so I would probably say I'll, I'll say Kentucky. Um, but I think South Carolina at home is going to be big, and of course, A and M as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. 
I'm so disappointed you said Kentucky because I was going to I was going to go there and, and try to catch you on one because I think they're going to be pretty yeah. good too and that that's their Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but it was funny we had some Kentucky guys just a moment ago. I said, "How big is that Florida game?" And they said, well, "What about that Vanderbilt game?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. they're still Kentucky <laughs> guys at heart." You know what? <laughs> I got I got one last one. For yeah. You. Uh, the Missouri game last year. Okay, that one felt a little personal. For Hypel. I don't know if it was, you know, and I'm not saying he ran up the score or anything like that. Hypel running up the score? No. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see something similar? You mentioned that South Carolina game. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think this one is going to be teed up very nicely. I've been on record thinking that Tennessee's going to win, clearly. But yeah. will he stop? Or will he keep going? <laughs> I don't know how much of your audience is South Carolina fans, but I'm going to get roasted for this. Um, first, I'll say I think Shane Beamer's doing a hell of a job right now. He really is. Yeah. But, boy, we've seen this before, haven't we? (laughs) When it ends, because all marriages end at some point. Not everybody's Nick Saban. I mean, look at Pat Fitzgerald. He was there for 20-plus years, and it just ended. When it ends, it's going to be bad because of his antics. Um, But I think he's a good coach. He's recruiting really, really well. But the antics that he displayed on that sideline last year in the game against Tennessee, boy, yes. Josh Heupel will beat him by 100 (laughs) if he can. (laughs) By 100. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look what he did – Against UT Martin last year, yeah. and that was something just so minor. I mean, yes, if given the chance, Joe Milton will play the entire game. And even if it's not Joe Milton, if it's Nico or Gasson Moore, he'll be throwing 50-yard bombs <laughs> at the end zone at the end of the game for sure. So we'll see if Tennessee can be in that position. All right, Ruth, really appreciate you, Eric. Before yeah. you go, tell the audience, where can they find you? Yeah, add underscore Kaner on Twitter. It's where I post all my work. If there's any Tennessee fans out there that uh, want to subscribe and, and check us out over at VolQuest.com, tons and tons of coverage over there as well.